0: and the Board Game Man with this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. This is uh, each episode I'm going to give you a topic for a list and then give you my top 5 games for that topic. Well... Normally it's games. Today I'm going to do a little bit of kind of what I am pondering. So it's been a little while. I've been traveling a little bit, so I haven't been able to get a lot of top fives. And and also kind of part of my, maybe my honorable mention uh, will be on us as well. So I wanted to do the top top five things I've been pondering about kind of the board game industry as a whole. Every now and then I'll do this kind of as part of my what I'm looking forward to for the year in my top five. Uh, and sometimes even mention this on Munchkin Minute. So, kind of the honorable mention for this one is, uh, what are gonna be my next top five? So, of course, I need a little bit of help out there as always. So, I've been doing this probably about five or six years, and I may revisit some of those lists. I kind of did that a little bit with kind of the, what are the last, you know, newer games of X genre or Y genre, you know, of the last five years. So, I've, I may do some of that too. But is there anything you're, you've been pondering or wondering about, or, or maybe something that you didn't realize I did? And I, maybe I'll revisit it or see what's changed in that kind of genre. So that's kind of one of those kind of honorable mention of what I'm pondering of what my next top five are. But I do have a few more that I've got to record that I'll be recording after this. They'll have a few more that will be coming as well. Uh, So number five here, are, are cons back or are they forever changed? I guess they probably are changed forever, but Are big cons backed? Are people going to return to large cons? Or are smaller cons and what we'll call kind of friend cons the way of the future. A lot more people are having these little cabin cons, where there's like 10 people getting together, or uh, or, or even kind of, you know, going off to local cons, which is kind of what I'm saying, the smaller cons. We have uh, that board game thing that that's local here uh, that that people like to go to, and it's usually like 100 people or so. Not quite your origins, Gen Con, or Essen, but those things are kind of a little bit more in vogue. So as people are kind of still a little bit more wary, which is fine, you know, if, if people are still not wanting to go to huge, large crowds, uh, or, or maybe even will these larger cons kind of make it so that everything is a little bit smaller going forward. So, what do you think? You know, a lot of these, I guess all these things that I'm pondering, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are as well on the Discord channel for major spoilers or even on Twitter. But again, that's number five. Are our cons back or are they going to be forever changed? I constantly think that We're kind of looking to be, you know, they might be changed. Maybe my schedule, I'd go to like three or four kind of larger cons, but right now I'm more enjoying kind of the friend cons where, uh, you know, I go to, uh, you go somewhere, go visit some friends in Detroit, and there's only about six or seven of us for a long weekend, stuff like that seems to be a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, I do love seeing everybody at large cons and meeting new people. It's kind of part of it. So, you know, what What do I know? It's going to be hard to, to put away. Maybe I'll just do the one larger cons like Origin so I can meet everybody and play some big games. But more and more, this isn't something that I think that is kind of required of me these days where I don't necessarily feel like I've got to get to the big cons anymore. Uh, I'd rather just get kind of a local con. Anyway, that's number five. Number four, where is the industry headed when it comes to environmental and being green? Now, Uh, I say this, you know, with no judgment whatsoever. I'm, I'm all about saving the environment, conservation. It's just a very hard thing. And a lot of publishers are talking about staying green or being green. And a lot of times you'll see that in Kickstarter projects when, uh, they'll say for every box sold, we'll plant a tree and they'll donate to the companies or, you know, or plant them themselves or donate to people that plant trees, which is a great thing. But a lot of companies are trying to talk about sustainable products in their publishing. And I know this is a really hard thing. So lately neoprene was, was, was huge that people were putting into it. Uh, But I'm not sure because neoprene is made from petroleum and and, and publishers want to be more environmentally sound. But again, what does that mean? Does that mean more wood? Whereas neoprene is, is made from petroleum. So that's oil-based. Now more wood is great and all, but it also means more trees cut down and using a lot more wood uh, and possibly an extra added price factor. So, Publishers also want to cut down as plastics as well, but where, where is that line? So I believe it was cheap ass games. I think it might have been victory point games at one point. They tried to put out games where you kind of use some of the other components from your other games and use your own components. Uh, you know, maybe some chits or some dice. That's great on paper and all, but who really wants to spend money on, on that? Like in a box where you got to supply your own stuff. A lot of people may not want to do that. So, um, you know, if if you buy a game, it tells you to use your own dice or, or chits to be environmentally friendly. You know, would you do that, or or what are what is going to be kind of the the next thing? Like, where do you think? And maybe somebody that's a little more environmentally conscious. I'm not that I'm not environmentally conscious. Maybe more environmentally uh, informed and maybe to tell me what is better and what people can use. Because, you know, some of the things that were pretty cool is some of these boxes, I think Horrified came this way, whereas instead of shrink wrapping it in plastic, they were just kind of the the little round stickers that were on kind of the outside. That's great too. Uh, and it's not hard to get off those off. You can use kind of like a, uh, a hairdryer to get some of the sticker or the stickiness uh, off of that side and they come off pretty easy. So that's not bad at all. So stuff like that I'm all about too. I just wonder where, wh- what is, is the ideal? What are we looking for? So that was my number four. Number three, uh, the, another thing that I'm thinking about is what's the next big IP to take over the world of gaming. So I think I might have mentioned the, these next two kind of in passing on kind of what i have been looking forward to. Uh, You know what, what 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 is the next next big IP is what I'm thinking now. Like so, we've got Star Wars, obviously, Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, Star Trek, D and D, Cthulhu, Marvel, DC, Firefly. These are all. Kind of, I don't know if they're beating the dead horse kind of IPs, but they're all IPs that we have used time and time again. So what's the next IP that's out there that we're gonna see that that may make kind of a big splash? Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not even thinking of like genres of like zombies or old west or or even uh undead and things like that. I'm not even thinking about that. Like, what's the next IP? So what do you think would be a really good IP? To, to bring on, you know, the electrical intellectual property that we're going to want to use, like whether it be a TV show or a movie that's going to be, or a big universe uh, that's going to take over a lot of things. Of course, you know, don't get me wrong. I love all things Star Wars. I love all things uh, Star Trek and Marvel, DC. I just keep churning out those games. on fine, but it would be good to have a good one a good new one every now and then. So number two, also, kind of in the same vein, what's the next big IP? But what's the next big mechanism? Now, I've we're, we're kind of due. I said this. I don't know if it was this year or last year. And my, what I'm looking forward to this year is we're kind of due for a new mechanism. There's there's been a lot of mechanisms over the last few years. Usually, every three or four years is one big kind of mechanism. Uh, and I'll let list a few. And I guess some of these may be kind of a larger genre or classification. But I'm looking for what is the next big mechanism? You know, people using poly- polyominoes or legacy games. Uh, multi-use cards and games, escape room games, deck building. And deck building larger games, not just cards, was big in the last few years. Rondells were making a comeback. Dice as workers. Those are just some of the big uh, examples of some of the big mechanisms of the last five or so years. But what's next? What is that mechanism that we can think? You know, people have been trying to think of cool things, but they just haven't stuck. Like using kind of a dexterity element is, is okay. You know, dropping dice and things like that was kind of things that people have kind of looking, looked for. I even kind of had a prototype. Uh, it was about bouncing dice, kind of like, uh, tumbling dice where bounce dice into a box and and kind of using that whole thing. Like, but what is next? Like what is, what is, what, what is it going to be? And my number one thing I'm pondering, and it's maybe, not necessarily pondering. It's probably more of something like my number one thing that I'm kind of scared of uh, is our our legacy or campaign games. Are they going to slow down? Are, are we now? I, I don't want to use the, the bad term. The, the, the I don't think the bubbles bursting. I just I'm wondering if they're going to slow down because I already have. A whole lot of games, and I'm probably going to forget some. I've already got the Jurassic Park Legacy game. Oathsworn, which I backed recently. Aridia, which was uh, probably won't come out till I think it will come out soon this year. Oathsworn will be next year. Frosthaven should be on my doorsteps any day now. Uh, Legends of Sleepy Hollow I have. Uh, I've been waiting for all the changes and the errata to be fixed before I play that. So I've got all these crazy amount of, like, legacy and campaign games, and that's probably not even including some of the other ones. You know, I've got a ton of stuff for Dungeon Alliance I still haven't played that I want to get played. Oh, what a great game. Check out Dungeon Alliance if you want to see kind of campaign-y type game. They have a lot of different add-ons. Such a great game. But Every day it seems like, or every episode of Munchkin, Committed, I'm mentioning another great game on Kickstarter that I just want to back because it just has that great feel, that great grandiose campaign with a lot of miniatures and a lot of story going on, and you're building up your character, and it has some whether it be dungeon crawl or exploration and story like. But where is are, are they going to slow down? Are we are we getting to a saturation point where? people are going to realize we just don't have the time to play all this stuff. I mean, that's, that's kind of a a thing that we've already thought of with games. I mean, they put out thousands of games a year. Are they ever going to slow down? No. I mean, that's great for me, more games for me to play, but Thank God in, within the next 15 to 20 years, I'll be retiring. So maybe I can get to some of these games that I, that I got so I could uh, you know, want to really enjoy it. I don't want to get rid of any of these games because all these games I mentioned, the Jurassic Park, or Swarm Iridia, the Frost Haven, I, I, I want to play every single one of them and I want to play them to completion. So obviously Frost is going to go to the front of that when it does come in. That's the front of the line game. But I just, I just want to be able to play all these games. And of course, with all these campaign games, you want to play them with the same person unless you're playing them solo and you can't play everything solo. Where's the fun of that? Games should be played and enjoyed with everybody. But where are we going to slow down any of the games? Or maybe is there maybe that number or two, maybe that next big mechanism will come out that'll kind of bring my attention so I won't feel like it. And maybe that next big mechanism has the next big IP. So we're kind of bringing it all together. Those are all things that I've been kind of pondering. The top five things I've been pondering about board games uh, lately. And of course, if you do uh, have any top fives, please hit me up on Major Spoilers Discord or hit me up on Twitter uh, as well to let me know what you think and I'll add them to the list uh, as well. So uh, thanks for joining me today on this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. If you've got any questions or you want to tell me what top five you think I should do, again, uh, just, or what what has been on your mind for the of late, in the game industry, because I'd love to hear what you've been pondering as well. Feel free to comment on this episode on MajorsPoilers.com or go to the site for tons of other great podcast and content by Steven and the rest of the Major Spoilers crew. I am as always Dan Dan, the Board Game Man, and you can find me at Dan on Twitter or on the Geek All Stars podcast. Also, the Munchkin Land Podcast here on Major Spoilers, where I give a twice a month, 10 to 15-minute board game news show. And of course, as a contributor to TMS, where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more board game top five goodness. But until then. Grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales event, so give your friends something to look at, like a BB with an ocean view